Hi. Hi. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English podcast. It's episode 30. Us. A real milestone. And <laughs> to celebrate this milestone, we are doing our first ever book and movie review in the same episode. Um, we read uh what's it called the devil all the time by donald ray pollock and mm -hmm. watched the movie directed by antonio ocampos i think i hope that's right um and we're gonna talk about it Let's get oh it. no not ocampos just campos okay yeah uh, before we get into all that though how has your week been my week has been really nice i'm really just like enjoying the fall weather and the spookiness a lot so we get closer and closer to Halloween. My backyard is full of fallen leaves and it's just uh, really nice. It's getting really chilly and everything. And I just love this time of year. The best. Yeah. It's gotten about? really cold here. Yeah. I think it's supposed to snow this weekend. Yeah. It's, it's like been snowing a little bit today. Um, oh, it's nice. going to get colder and colder from here on out over here. Yeah. Anyways. Um, my week has not been that nice no. <laughs> one word to describe myself throughout this week not one word but one phrase is uh embarrassed to be alive oh, no. Why? things just weren't going right and uh, anything everything wasn't going right we've all had weeks like that yeah so like, couldn't do anything right for like any classes and stuff i just felt like i was at the bottom of the barrel <laughs> it's gotten better over the last couple of days though good sometimes it really just feels like the world enjoys kicking you while you're down <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just feels like you're in a bad mood and then the bad things just keep on coming yeah i like to think of it as it like builds up then and then it's like less bad stuff later so yeah <laughs> gotta go in the cycles but yeah this was not the best of weeks dang i'm sorry to hear that glad it's over though yeah, I'm actually kind of excited for this weekend just because I'm going to not do anything except Excellent. chill out. And then I have another essay. I've had an essay that I was writing this week. That was the hardest essay of my life. Yeah. But uh, I have another one due on Tuesday, which will be fun because it's for film history. And Good. That comes natural. Writing about that comes naturally. So. Oh, that's awesome. It's weird that I was... Um, I was talking to my parents about this. I called my parents earlier this week. And uh, I think part of what made this week bad is that since we're writing an essay for film history, we didn't have class this week. Mm. So I wasn't forced into like splitting up my homework with watching a movie. <laughs> and I think I felt that because I didn't have that little break that I was like, okay, I have to watch this for class. Like it's justified. That is so funny. But I think that had that honestly probably had a little something to do with it. Yeah, I bet it did. I feel like you're on to something with that. <laughs> um, another big news of this week is that I'm excited for a movie coming out again. Yeah. I don't remember what it was for, um, but we were talking about like movies that we're excited for. And I was like, I don't think I'm really excited for anything that's coming out super recently because like everything yeah. that has been getting delayed. Yeah. And continues to be delayed, but they, the trailer for Mank, directed by David Fincher, just dropped this week. Okay. And I am ex after seeing that, I'm excited for that movie, and it feels good to be excited for something coming out. Again. Yay! I'm excited um, on your behalf. Yeah. It's uh, it's like a Netflix thing, so it's going to come out, like, release on Netflix in, like, December. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, and it's about the life of... I forgot his first name, but Mankiewicz, the guy who wrote Citizen Kane. Mm. And for me, normally, I don't, I'm not, I don't dislike David Fincher, but I don't like him as much as like a lot of people do. Yeah. I think it's more that every movie that I see from him, I recognize its quality and I think it's good. It's just none of his are like my favorites. Yeah. But this one feels like one that I'm really going to like too. Yay. Cool. I can't wait to hear your thoughts when it comes out. Yeah, I'm excited Maybe we for it. Do a, a pod episode where we both watch it. Yeah, we should. Cool. Because I think it comes out early December. Perfect. But yeah, 
Um, I just eat up classic Hollywood stories. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Especially the ones that are like kind of honest about it. Like, yeah, really like sugar coated and stuff. Yeah. So it's looking very excited, exciting. Okay. And I'm very excited about it. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, that's what's going on. Love to hear it. So for this week, we, uh, our book club this month has, was the book, um, The Devil All the Time. Mm-hmm. And then we capped it off by watching the movie. Um, so I think what I kind of want to do is talk about like the book first, because I think with this one, especially the biggest thing is that the book is very linked with the movie. Yes. Um, and we'll get into that in a second, but I yeah. kind of want to just, I think since the stories are so similar and it, like the movie, like follows the book quite mm-hmm. closely. I think we should just talk about like the story of in like in the book Okay. and then get into like how, what the movie does in regards yeah, to that. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Cool. So uh, you finished this a lot earlier than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of it generally? Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought it was so entertaining. I flew through it because I just kind of couldn't put it down. Like I just thought it was a super engaging, super fast read. I don't know if that opinion stands in like the thriller community though, because I just don't read thrillers that often. So Sometimes I worry that when I say that, other people will be like, yeah, that's just how a thriller is. <laughs> like, that's just like yeah. minimum for what a thriller book should do. It should be engaging like that. So I don't know. Like, I thought it was impressive. I don't usually read books that fast, even though I really enjoy reading. I don't, I don't usually fly through them like that, but I was just kind of hooked on the story. And I thought it was so much fun and so gross. <laughs> in so many different ways like I was really kind of amazed by how many different ways this book managed to gross me out like there are so many plot lines and they're all pretty equally disturbing so I enjoyed it yeah I feel like whether or not it's the minimum minimum requirement for a thriller book like it's a good sign that it is engaging (laughs) like if you have something calling itself a thriller that's kind of tough to get through then uh i think you got a problem there Mm -hmm. exactly um i felt kind of the same way except i don't know if i liked that it found like everything in it was a new way to gross me out (laughs) it felt like it was just bleak yeah it's definitely bleak it's just at the yeah it's like at the low point the whole time and i'm not sure if i like that or not (laughs) um it felt overall i think it felt honestly like a shakespearean tragedy more than anything else really accurate like at the end of the book i was like wow did i just like read hamlet or something (laughs) because that's what it felt like um and every character is so flawed like there's so many and they're all doing such nasty crazy stuff (laughs) yeah i think so for me, I think it uh, the the last kind of half or like the last third, yeah, was the strongest part. It was a lot better than what came before. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because for the longest time, I was like, I don't know if I like this book. <laughs> and then when I kind of got into the home stretch, I kind of got on board more so. Um, okay. I think it's interesting how every character that shows up even if it's just for like one chapter you mm-hmm. can get into their like psyche mm-hmm. and just see like all these like the darkest part of like them yeah and i'm not really sure if i like that because <laughs> it was it was cool to see a couple of times yeah it's like there's really like no redeeming qualities in any of these characters except <laughs> a, a couple redeeming qualities in a few like yeah yeah, I'd agree. I don't know if I didn't like that because it was kind of just predictable or if it was like, it just, it didn't, it kind of just felt like exaggerated, I guess. Mm, yeah, I see what you're saying. Because there's like the stories um, that are like 
the seedy underbelly beneath this like idyllic small town charm or whatever right but this was like there is no charm it's just the seedy side and there's nothing under the seedy side either that's it it's just seedy seedy on the surface and seedy underneath yeah so (laughs) I, I don't know if it was like I was interested in the in the different ways that I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh I don't know. Yeah, I think you could argue that so the book is pretty short. It's like 200 mm-hmm. pages or so and it's like it, 300, yeah. A lot of ground. Like so much <laughs> happens and you meet so many different people and so I think like it makes a lot of sense to be like all of these people are just like caricatures of like classic villains classic american like bad guys who just do bad things and because you don't get to get that much depth on the majority of them and yeah maybe that wouldn't be enjoyable or maybe it wouldn't feel like real but i just kind of like that it's just almost a snapshot in time of all of their lives and how they all kind of connect to this like location into each other and how they're all just bad in different ways (laughs) like yeah yeah, this is gross I love it (laughs) yeah I will say that I probably my favorite part was the way that it like jumped between time yeah I really Um, it was written super well I would say yeah I agree just the way that like chapters ended and like jumped to a different thing Mm -hmm. it's like implied yeah you know what happens and like you piece it together quickly but it's it's nice that it's just that like it ends so abruptly it's like the same thing it's the same thing about like things just happen quickly then it's on to the next one like (laughs) yeah like what we kind of what we mentioned in like i think last week and the week before about like texas chainsaw and then that's like a good quality of horror movies i think yeah yeah it really is and it i've never thought of it as Shakespearean before but it really is and that is so funny to me that you just said that like it it really is just back to back to back you're you have these moments where you're like things could not get worse and then they do <laughs> they like get dramatically worse all the time and it's I don't know there's something about it that's like almost ironic because you're just like you see it coming but at the same time you're like they couldn't do that and then yeah. they do <laughs> Um, I would say in terms of characters with redeemable qualities, there were really only like two who were also committing murders, <laughs> which would be our main guy. What is his name played by Tom Holland? Arvin. Arvin. Yeah. I would say that he has redeemable traits. Um, oh, and it, Arvin is, I would argue, is like the main character, even though there isn't really one, just because you get to go through Arvin's life. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the girl, Sandy, the girlfriend of our serial killer photographer. Yeah. She is. She's a girl who kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, I think Sandy's tough because yeah. there's just this indifference to it. Yeah, and there's also a couple implied moments of her, like, enjoying it. Yeah. Like, she never says that when you get to be in Sandy's head a little bit. You can see that she is just so miserable and just wants to get out of this. But when you're looking at Sandy's, what's going on with Sandy from, like, somebody else's perspective, it's, like, implied that she is getting more enjoyment out of it than she wants to admit, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I agree for sure. She's probably the most, like, complex character, I got to say. Yeah. Thinking about it. Like there's it's a it's a tough thing because she kind of seems I don't want to say the most relatable because I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah. like you can kind of put yourself in her shoes while at the same time being like, I would never let this happen <laughs> yeah. to me. And I thought that was a really interesting dynamic that it reached. I yeah, that's a really good way to phrase it. Cause you just watch her throughout the book kind of just get broken down and it just, I don't know. It just almost makes a kind of innate sense to you that she would have to just get used to this. Like it just, yeah, I guess you can imagine yourself also getting used to something horrific if you feel like you can't escape, you know? Yeah. 
just I don't know. There's just there's a lot of like different threads that this so many pulls on, you know, like so different like stories. little arcs, like story arcs, I guess. Yeah. Um, like just based on how the prologue went, I thought it was gonna be about the kid and his dad, Arvin and Willard. Mm-hmm. For most mm-hmm. of Willard's just gone. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. Um, our Willard's suicide really caught me off guard. To be honest, I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, I was surprised because like that, it's that point in the book where crazier things haven't really happened yet. I don't think he, yeah. I don't think we've even met Sandy and Carl at that point. Right. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> yes. what happens now? I can't believe that. Willard like killed the realtor or the landlord or whoever that also that was a moment to me where I was like I don't think I'm gonna like this book because (laughs) it feels so like just forced I guess like is this guy you've not convinced me that this guy is a murderer (laughs) I don't think I, I don't think I believe that he would just kill his landlord like this um and so they didn't include that into in the movie and I was kind of glad yeah I think that's one of the things that the movie did good is that yeah. sequence of yeah, I would agree. But yeah, the the whole sequence of animal sacrifices and the way that that's described that kind of got to me. Like that is creepy to imagine. The description a little creepy, really good. It, it's very atmospheric, and you like don't want it to be. <laughs> you do yeah. not want to be in this place, but that's where the book takes you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought, I don't know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think around the way that it like pieced things together to like a midpoint where it's like, you can see where the connections that led like Arvin and Lenora living with their parents, yeah. their, the grandparents or the yeah. grandma and then her brother. Um, and then you had like Carl and Sandy over here and, and all this stuff going on in the other place. Yeah. And I thought that when they like finally converged, when you have like Arvin and his journey mm-hmm. of trying to go back home, I thought that was done really well. I agree. But like, I don't know how I feel about each of those separate things separately. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the lead up that led to, you know, that situation in both yeah. and then how they like, after that, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Like with the, the new preacher that came to town and then it wow. felt yes. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that whole thing. Yeah. And then as far as like the stuff in need with Carl and Sandy. Yeah. I felt that like I guess this is more a complaint of the movie because I didn't because in the book you kind of really get into like the headspace of it. Yeah. That even though not a lot is really happening and what does happen is like we've seen this before up until Mm -hmm. like the end Mm -hmm. um it just it didn't feel as like intriguing to me reading it like I Mm -hmm. was like I I, at a certain point I was like I know who these characters are yeah yeah I don't know I like the idea in just like a vague way that like the only thing that connects some of these characters together is murder (laughs) (laughs) I just I like the grittiness of that as a concept like like Carl and Sandy only knowing Lenora's dad because they killed him and like not having any other ideas yeah. like who this guy is, who Lenora is. But then they go on themselves to get killed by Lenora's brother type of guy. <laughs> and the yeah. way that just comes full circle and the circle is run by murder. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very. Yeah. When they ran into Roy. Yeah, that was like this is it was like cool to read. (laughs) I liked that part, but it was so weird how Roy had just lost his mind by that point. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, do whatever. (laughs) I'm not gonna break this, but kill me, I guess, if you want. Yeah, I feel bad for Roy. Honestly, (laughs) I feel so bad. By the end of the book, I felt so freaking bad for Roy, and I did not expect to feel that way at the beginning when he was murdering his wife with the screwdriver. yeah i agree i think there's an interesting theme about like um like Mm -hmm. misconstruing religion like Mm -hmm. twisting it into bad things yeah disguising these bad things is like 
I have this faith, I guess. True. That is a really interesting theme. Yeah, because he literally killed his wife on behalf of religion. And Willard killed his landlord in an attempt to sacrifice him to save his wife. Yeah. For God. Hmm. Very interesting. And they even mentioned that when um, Carl is taking his pictures. When he's like, when I see like fear in my model's eyes, that's the closest I get to God. Yeah. And I'm like, First of all, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. But that was another thing where it was, it's just vaguely religious the whole time, but only t- taking your own like incredibly wild spin on it. Yeah, for sure. Hmm, that's really fascinating. And then I guess maybe, maybe the bad preacher is the thing that's supposed to kind of solidify that whole theme in the book. Because for a minute, I was like, why even include this? Like, yeah. I don't like this at all. I yeah. feel like using rape and pedophilia for like shock value when you don't even have to at this point because the book has already been incredibly disturbing there's already so much shocking stuff (laughs) but i guess you know just taking that like twisted ideals of religion i i don't know that's like another spin on it to to be somebody with religious power Mm -hmm. just doing evil yeah and i think um i think tea garden the Robert Pattinson preacher yeah. guy, yeah. he's a, uh, it's a, it's a different angle because he, he, I don't know this, this came, there's that one passage in the book that was like, um, it's like, maybe I'll turn the corner one of these days before I die and yeah. I'll be all right. Yeah. So, cause I was about to say that he knows, because he does know that what he's doing he is wrong. Yeah. And he has that whole strange idea that like, as long as he feels the guilt about it, then it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of what I was trying yeah. to think of. Yeah. Which I, that was some interesting commentary, I think. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, that character was getting inside his head was weird so weird it wasn't relatable but like you could kind of figure out how it like the chain of thinking yeah but then you're just like but (laughs) i don't know i'm not doing this (laughs) there's no need yeah i i don't know in general i like how twisted this book is i like the parallels between the characters and what they're doing yeah i don't know it was a wild ride but it was pretty fascinating yeah and like the like you said earlier like the ground it covered in yeah. 300 pages is kind of so crazy. many different murders for so many different reasons <laughs> it's really just yeah yeah and um i kind of want to transition it into the movie i guess okay um or do you just have like a rating for the book for the book i'd probably give it a solid four out of five gotcha nice really? Um, and just in terms of, I guess I would say that like that four out of five is a rating considering that it is a thriller, which is a genre that doesn't usually do it for me. Um, but like in terms of it being a thriller, like it really kind of made me think (laughs) in a way that I haven't experienced before. Um, so I don't know, to me, it went a little bit above and beyond just being entertaining and thrilling. So I'd give it a four. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to give it a three. Nice. Um, it's like in between, but I think I'm going to push it down just because okay. uh, I, th- there, there was like a solid part at the beginning where I was like, I don't think I like this. Yeah. And yeah. it came together in the end in a super satisfying way, but it's. Yeah. Like, I would agree with that. Yeah. I think there's like certain points where I was like, I don't know how many like single shot chapters I can take of just people <laughs> getting introduced talking about how messed up they are and then one of them is dying like (laughs) it's overwhelming honestly yeah for sure um and then as far as the movie i think i would say the movie's weaker than the book i would completely agree with that and honestly my biggest part my biggest problem with this movie is how hard it stuck to the book i guess Mm -hmm. um 
especially in like it just it didn't seem I feel like I would have liked this movie a lot better had I not read the book I was thinking the same thing because having read it and hearing especially the voiceover narration by the book's author like it just reminded me of when I read those same exact words on the page yeah I did not like the tone that the movie took on when I was reading the book uh I was I think I was amplifying the grittiness for my own enjoyment in my mind. Like that's what I wanted it to be was just bleak, gritty, gross and nothing else. And so that's why I read it. Yeah. But in the movie, it almost takes on this tone of like, it's more sad than anything else. Like it's not scary in the movie. It's hardly even gross. (laughs) It's really just kind of um to watch these characters go through what they go through um and with the narrate the yeah the voiceover narration made it feel like this weird like wholesome story (laughs) that i was like this just does not like the vibe of the narration does not match up with what's going on in the movie and the score the music of this movie i hated I thought, and this is, I think that's the only time I've ever said that. Like, I never even (laughs) noticed the score of a movie very much, but it was so, like, weirdly nice. Like, it was pleasant music or sad music, depending. And I was like, this is supposed to be a scary movie. (laughs) Why are you taking this spin on it? And so, yeah, I just, it's not like it was objectively bad. But it was not what I wanted it to be, and it wasn't mm. what I made the book to be in my mind. So I agree with the idea that I think I'd like the movie better if I didn't read the book. Yeah, for sure, I agree. Um, I think that like some of the some like the soundtrack cues of like the actual like pop music in it was uh, pretty good, it, very effective in a couple of places. Because mm. I really like the just the juxtaposition of like cheerful music and violence. <laughs> like that translate to film super well yeah it's super satisfying as long as it's not like overdone yeah um something that doesn't translate well to film is voiceover narration saying what the characters are thinking in the quiet moments that you really want to like yes do in it and yes. i think that it just took me out of the movie i agree it was weird it just felt like a goofy kind of like juvenile choice and I was like, I wanted this movie to be like hard hitting. Yeah, <laughs> it does sure. not feel like that at all. It just feels vaguely sad. It's just, just like really not what I was looking for. Not what I would have done if I had directed the movie. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. I, I wonder, I honestly wonder if part of the deal for the rights included Donald Ray being in, <laughs> being like. He like insisted on that. In the movie, yeah. Because I don't know, it just felt very self-congratulatory i guess yeah that's true like that he's reading it himself yeah because they're 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 like good lines in there yeah but the the for me in adapting a book to a movie you want to uh, reach the same feeling and you can't do that by with the the David Lynch talks a lot about like this cinematic language and how like that's why he doesn't explain his movies in words because like you can't and I don't know exactly like the translation of that to this specific thing but there's definitely something to not it the effect is diminished by any words that you put on top of it Mm. that aren't like the characters talking I guess okay yeah that makes sense it feels like there's like certain moments where I was like, and I guess this might be because like I watch a lot of indie stuff too, where they're just like, like the the best example I can use is um, in a in a ghost story. Is that what it's called? Where she eats the pie, you know? Yeah, I'll never like, forget. Jeez, <laughs> I didn't I didn't want anything that extreme in this, but like yeah. after you killed someone, I want I wanted to see this character like seeing how they react and deal with it ah. and then instead i have donald ray telling me <laughs> this is how this character felt after killing <laughs> seriously especially i felt that way especially with carl and sandy like i was those killings were supposed to be like gruesome yeah just so so horrific and the <clears throat> Yeah, the added words of the narrator 
just really subtracted from that, from like your own feelings of fear about it. And also even like without the narrator, I just, they did not go hard enough on Carl and Sandy. Like, yeah, they just did not show enough of how bad that really was in the story of the book. Like, and I thought that that was the craziest story in the book. Like, I think that that should have been the main focus of the movie. But also, I thought the movie was supposed to be scary, and then it wasn't. So I don't know. Yeah, I think. Well, I think with them, it's hard because it's it's hard to know what how much you can show and what you can do. Yeah. And still, like, have a movie that people watch. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, guess. I think it could have been done better, but I think that it's a tricky. Such like I was when I was about like yeah. going into it is like how when as soon as they like first showed up I was like how are they gonna go about this so I wish they went a little further but like I I don't think I would have wanted like a gross out body oh interesting I wanted it to be nasty <laughs> <laughs> I was concerned about how they were gonna show Sandy's cop brother becoming corrupted and doing that because there was so little like content about that Mm. in the book when he's doing killings for some dude on the side yeah it just hardly they kind of that's just kind of brushed over in the book so i was like i wonder if they'll even attempt to include this yeah and they they did and i feel like i was rightfully concerned because they did the same thing in the movie. Like it's, there's like one scene where you're supposed to pick up that it's the brother cop killing somebody for somebody else. And I was like, I honestly think I would not have understood what was going on right here. If I just didn't know, because I read the book, you know what I mean? Oh gosh. Gotcha. I just thought the movie did not make it clear what was going on with the brother. I also it, changed the name of the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was kind of confusing. I was like, what? <laughs> like why, what do you need to do? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. That's like, so first of all, that's like the only thing they added in that wasn't from the book was like when he go kills. Cause as far in the book, he didn't actually kill the boss guy. Did he? No, but he was killing people. Oh for, yeah. No, 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 no. But like, I just thought that scene where he actually goes to the. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I know what you're talking about now. I, I don't, that kind of felt like weird because it like tried to like shove in this little arc for mm-hmm. Bodecker mm-hmm. that I don't know. Like it's, I think it was definitely tough to, it would be like, it's tough to write. Like this is an inherently like hard movie to adapt. Yeah. Like hard book to adapt. Into a movie. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. They could have done so much different, like cool things to work around it instead of trying to like follow the structure of the book. Yes. You know what I mean? Because that was a mistake in and of itself. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Because um it seems like the movie focused on like the main story was kind of Arvin in like 65 mm-hmm. and it, it like starts with the preacher and all that stuff and it, like yeah. leads up through that. I think just start the movie there and tell the rest of it tell like the earlier stuff through like interesting flashbacks and inserts would have made it a lot more. I don't know. I feel bad saying it, but like directly after reading the book, watching this movie felt kind of tedious to me. I completely agree. And it's a long movie. Yeah. (laughs) It just feels like never ending. And I was like, yeah, I, the movie did nothing new. And I don't know, maybe that like comes down to personal preference. Like, there's no objective right answer to like should a movie out of is the main goal of a movie adaptation to just show the book in a visual format or should a movie adaptation like do something new with a storyline because it's a new format and I don't know you're allowed to have your personal opinion on that I like a movie that does something at least slightly new (laughs) like I don't really want to just watch the exact story that I just saw in my brain no, I'm with that for sure. And that's how it felt, except just yeah. just due to the nature of like a the feature length film couldn't have everything in the book. Yeah. But it still <laughs> tried to put most of it in there. Yeah. In the same sequence and everything, like the same yeah. sequence and everything. The and it was just, just like Yeah. I've seen all this. And then add and then it adds that one scene. It did bring that <laughs> one that one new thing to the table. That was their one creative liberty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it didn't even 
payoff, I don't think. But yeah, the movie just feels like a watered-down version of the book in this case. Like, you, you gain nothing new from watching the movie, except I would say the performances were the performances pretty good. performances were pretty good. Yeah. There is a lot of, like, big-name actors in this. I was, yeah. I was surprised when I kept, kept seeing, like, more people that I recognized show up. I know. Wow, like, they just keep coming in. Fun. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, they all did really well. Tom Holland kind of like impressed me. I don't know. When I heard that Tom, I've like only seen Tom Holland in Spider-Man, I think. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't think I've seen him in anything else. So when I thought that this was supposed to be a scary, gritty movie, I was like, I don't think that Tom Holland, I don't think I'm going to be able to like take him seriously in a role like that. But I really did. I thought he did really well. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if he, how much like other stuff he has done. But yeah, I I don't really, know I'll probably watch him in more stuff because yeah, you know, he was good. Was Robert Pattinson, phenomenal as yeah. always. A lot Keep of people, wrong. yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of people were talking about his accent. He's bad, <laughs> and I noticed it, they just he just slipped up in a couple places, mm-hmm. and I definitely noticed it, but it didn't it didn't like take away from it. I, I don't. He always. I think he kind of has this reputation of doing incredibly exaggerated accents. It's just like almost a thing that he does. Like in the lighthouse, it was the same kind of way. Oh, Did you yeah. watch the King? No, I haven't seen it. Uh-uh. He does a French accent. Yeah. That one, and it, it's just the same kind of vibe. <laughs> like you're just yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's not, that's not really what I meant. But like, I, oh. I thought the accent overall was good. He, he like slipped out of it in like this weird kind of, not as good part just for like a few lines but for me i was like wait did i just hear that and it was like back to normal and good no i didn't the next line he had and i was just like huh but a lot of people were more bothered by that than i was because i noticed it but i was like okay it's whatever (laughs) i just thought he did a great job of being so creepy (laughs) so horrible there's an argument to be made the tea garden is like the worst character in the story. That is interesting. I think him or Carl he doesn't honestly. kill anyone. He's like one of the only people who doesn't kill anybody. That's true, huh? But yeah, he is horrible. Because I think I don't know. Because like with Carl, it's like <laughs> so twisted that they're like twisted in similar ways. Yeah. But with Carl, it's just like I don't I don't know like actually what I would say the difference is. With Carl, it's like he is just this like low life dude, doesn't really have that much power over other people in his day to day life, but like obviously finds it through murder. Yeah, and for like, some reason is like convinced that he's seeing the the vision of God when he does this. So that feels like delusional. You know what I'm saying? That just feels like a normal, well, like a civilian crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> Which there's something that's more. Uh, I don't know. There's something that feels less evil about that, or like intentionally evil. Whereas yeah. with the preacher Tea Garden. It's like, this man is so aware of what he's doing and he has so much power. Like he has the audacity to be this intentionally evil and then try to have this facade as a preach preacher, yeah. like person of real, so much faith, like dedicating their entire life to faith and also be like, it's almost like Carl doesn't try to hide it <laughs> as much as yeah. he like he hasn't taken the lengths that he that this guy has. I don't know. There's something about yeah. it's something about like that position of trust being yeah. betrayed. Yeah, and yeah. also like holding that real that religious power, but like not actually being truly religious. Like just having this bizarre idea that he just has to feel guilty, and then it's like fine. Yeah, and that's like not it's not real. <laughs> he's aware that that's not really how it goes so it's just this like it's just the fakeness of it all i think just the biggest thing is just that like it felt tedious to watch because i'd already like i'd read it and it's the same like sequencing it was so freaking long and just not all of it needed to be in there and yet also i felt that they left out some of the best stuff somehow i think (laughs) Okay, so this is what I was I like thought about mentioning earlier is that 
what why I think the book worked well mm-hmm. and for the same reason that the movie didn't work that well is that it felt like an epic scale like scope like scope story I guess I don't yeah. I'm trying to think of like what the difference is but like told in like a short condensed way yeah but I think that was an advantage of the book but with the movie it was so long because you have to include all this stuff for it to make any sense mm-hmm. but it didn't like build up over the course of time. It was like kind of just here's this and you don't really yeah. get the investment. That so I don't know. I think, I think it's definitely like that same quality that worked in the book and didn't work in the movie. Yeah. However, true. like there is to articulate it. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> yeah, I would completely agree. The book felt short and the movie felt long and it should have been the other way around. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. They they really tried. I don't I don't think it was like they failed miserably. I am yeah. kind of impressed by how much they managed to get into the movie and make it make sense. I don't think that that was necessarily the right choice, but since they did make that choice, I think they did it decently well. Yeah. And I think even though the stuff that they cut out, some of it was kind of unnecessary that I thought was good like I'm kind of glad that they did the whole thing with Roy. Um, like they showed, they didn't really go through his whole story. It was like, that, that's like the one like major fact that they changed is that I, yeah. he was one of their first killings. And mm-hmm. in the book, he was like right before Arvin. Yeah. I and am glad. Oh, sorry. Go on. I think I liked it in both. I think the way it worked in the book served the book well and the way it worked in the movie served the movie well. Yeah, it was fine with me that they didn't show as nearly as many of Carl's and Sandy's killings mm-hmm. as they did in the book and the movie. But I was kind of bummed that they didn't really get into what Roy and Theodore do when they're on the road. Like It's kind of like Roy and Theodore leave in the movie and then the next time you see Roy... It's in Carl and Sandy's car. <laughs> Whereas in the book, you, you get to watch them kind of like get broken down by life, which I thought was interesting. The whole sequence where they're like in a circus and there's a lady who looks like a flamingo. <laughs> yeah. And Theodore is just slowly letting his body decay because he's like done living. Like that is interesting stuff. I yeah. think that would, make, that would work well in a movie. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think I think it worked really well in the book, but like I think it was probably a good call that it would have just bloated the movie more that they changed that little thing. Yeah, I don't, I would rather them like leave out something else than that one that they chose to put in the movie, like the whole story of the cop brother. <laughs> I, I just don't like that. Yeah, the thing with that though, the thing with that though is that that wasn't engaging for me even in the book, really. That's yeah. such a like poetic ending that that's really true. Arvin has to face him down. So like that's where it's frustrating. Is like I agree that they you don't. I didn't really care about Bodecker at all until except for that that ending. Like that very last scene is poetic because he was the one that found that mm-hmm. Arvin went to when his dad. That's him. true. That's really true. So it's like it, that's why I think that this is a hard book to adapt is because. For in the way that it all connects together, you need a lot of these moving parts, but yeah. they're not always as important or like as successful, mm-hmm. in like a cinematic storytelling kind of way. Yeah, that's really true. And even though I wasn't engaged with the like corruption story of the cop brother in the book or the movie, it makes sense to me why that was included. Like to just kind of show like the law is corrupt. Everything is corrupt. The cops are corrupt. The preachers are corrupt. (laughs) Everybody as an individual is corrupt. Yeah. Nothing is safe here. And I I don't know, like I get why that was, why that was done, but I don't know. I liked the circus story and I wish. (laughs) Oh yeah. I think that might be all I have to say about it. Probably the movie is six out of 10. Gotcha. Yeah. I was, I think I also landed on a six out of 10. I was like, what kind of wanted to give it a five because yeah. Cause like six out of 10 is like the same rating for the book. I gave it a three out of five. So it's like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, the, like all the, like the, 
the mise-en-scene of the movie I thought was done quite well and the yeah. other performances were great mm-hmm. so it, it was just kind of one that it was it was a good watch like it was a little long and it felt a little tedious to watch it yeah. but like it, I didn't I never was tempted to like turn it off, I guess. Yeah, same. And, and I, I absolutely was, do like want to factor in that I do think I would have liked the movie better if I hadn't read the book. So like that's yeah. not necessarily fair. Yeah. So I think I'm going to stick with a six out of 10 because I think yeah. there was generally like, I think the reason that I didn't really like the movie was more to the fact that that adapting this book was really hard and like, but I think they really gave it a good shot and there was they did. stuff here. It just didn't <laughs> yeah. really stack on top of each other to like make to elevate it the yeah. way that it kind of needed to for a better score but yeah so i'll stick with a six out of ten same here got her on the same page cool cool um so as far as our next so there's two things to address the first is what book to read next and then what we're doing next week um mm-hmm. as far as the book for next week um or next month I th- want to read Rebecca. Okay. Mario. Oh, I love this idea. It's a turn from the gritty and like this bottom of like humanity yeah. to the kind of more like dreamy. Yes. What's g- really going on here? Let's do it. I've wanted to read that for a long time. Gotcha. I think that'd be a fun change of pace. And that's on my bookshelf already, anyways. Like, I just want to like fast track it. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. Let's do it. Cool. And then we can watch the movie for that, the Hitchcock movie. Okay, cool. After. I don't know about the same week or whatever, but I just, I really like the Hitchcock movie and I want to. Cool. I'm just trying to make you watch as many Hitchcock movies as I can. Sounds good to me. Um, Are we doing a wrap up next week? Okay. Yeah. That's what I was wondering about because usually we wait till like the week, the first week of the next month. Mm-hmm. but next friday is like the 30th and yeah i don't really know what else halloween stuff <sighs> yeah. in october so i came up with the idea of that i know i have three movies on my watch list that i'm trying to watch soon that okay. i kind of would benefit from being watched in october um so i think i'm gonna say those now so i will try and watch them over the week and then talk about those first in the wrap-up and then go through the rest of the month okay what are they um (laughs) so they're all related to witches i guess the witch i married a witch and kiki's delivery service yes (laughs) um yeah, so those are the three kind of Halloweeny ones, or like October-y, spooky Halloweeny ones. Even though, like, one's a horror movie, one's like a horror comedy, and then Kiki's, which I've already seen. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I've been wanting to watch those before the month is over, so I think I'm just gonna like put it on the record, and then so I have to do that. Okay. Well, I don't I know if you want to think talk about the witch with you. In the okay, room. cool. One of my top five favorite horrors, and I run. I really want to watch Kiki's this week too, so that'll be fun. Um, and I, I don't even know what I married a witch is, so I'll have to look into that one. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, like, don't you feel obligated to watch these? But like, if you have any on your watch list that you think are like October movies, I say go for that and then talk about those in the beginning too. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't want it to be like this whole thing where like, we're trying to, and try to like break down and discuss each of them, like a full episode kind of deal, just cause that seems very time consuming, but I just wanted to put out that I'm going to be watching those. Okay. More to hold myself accountable, I guess. <laughs> Got it. So yeah, if that works for you, you can come up with your own little one, two, three. I have to think about this, but I'll let you know what they are in the wrap-up. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll be next week. Um, and then after that, I have no idea. We'll take it one week at a time and figure it all out. Um, so before we go, do you have an album to recommend? Yes, I would like to recommend a Florence and the Machine album today. Um, mostly because I was just kind of thinking about it. And I was like, 
I don't think I've recommended any Florence and the Machine album on the pod yet. And I love Florence and the Machine. Like, <laughs> I can't even believe this. I can't believe we've gone 30 episodes and I've never talked about Florence and the Machine before. Yeah. One of my favorite artists. So I'm going to recommend to you my favorite of her albums, which is How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful. It is so incredible. She just has the most like powerful and hauntingly gorgeous voice of all time. And she just really knows how to use it so perfectly. Like she's just so skilled at the craft of singing. <laughs> and I think it really shines in that album. And that's when she really also tries, starts to like find her sound in terms of like choruses and horns and stuff like that. So highly recommended as a gorgeous album. Gotcha. I will listen to her. I've never listened to that one all the way through. It's so good. Um, So my recommendation for this week is uh, the new Gorillaz Song Machine album, which dropped today. There's so much stuff that like dropped today. (laughs) Um, Let me just run through them real quick. (laughs) Borat (laughs) Borat subsequent movie film, which (laughs) uh, just because I was allowed to watch in October, I'll probably will wait till November to check that Mm -hmm. out. Um, And then a Netflix series, like limited series with the girl from The Witch. Oh, nice. I'm actually a big fan of, I think she's really cool and like always does a good job. So I'm probably gonna check that out. It's called The Queen's Gambit. It's like about a female chess player and stuff. I don't know. It looks really interesting though. Okay. Um, Then the Gorillaz album, which is my recommendation for the week. If you haven't heard the singles yet, they all have been good. And the album is... I feel like the singles are probably the best songs on there, but there's a lot of good other stuff too. So definitely worth checking out. Um, And then the last thing is a single by the band adult books. I recommended an album by them before from 2016 and they have not released anything since then. (laughs) And they released a a new single today called innocence. Um, So that was kind of out of nowhere. And I was like, wow, really? Like, wait, I thought, I didn't know. I thought because I there's not really much about them. They're like smaller. Yeah. I don't know if they like were a thing anymore, but yeah, nice. the single's really good too. So I'm very excited about all of that stuff. Very nice. Cool. All right. Wrap up next week. Sounds Thanks good. Thanks for listening to anyone listening. And uh yeah. See you next week. Thank you. Bye now. <laughs>